0: and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. Hey everyone, this podcast is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Reality is a company that I founded. That is going to be transforming the world. Um, it's a conscious based online school. And we also offer one on one coaching, group coaching, multiple online classes, online retreats in person. Eventually, it's going to be coming out. Um, we also have a line of books that we do right now. They're only being written by me, but eventually, we're going to be adding other people onto the publishing site so that we will be publishing their books and we look for specific authors to help us on our journey as we go through this. You can find out more information and follow us on at empoweryourreality.com, where you can get copies of a book, uh, first few chapters for free, and so much more. So go check that out at empoweryourreality.com. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode on The Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you on here as each week, every Friday, We get connected with someone to interview, to dive deep, to pick their brain, to talk about something that will give you uh, a a way to expand, evolve, to level up in your life one way or another, to really get more of that full spectrum, well-roundedness. And this week, we had the awesome time to uh, interview Carly Howick, and it was really nice to connect and to have an opportunity to, to really get to uh, see what is she up to, what she's doing in the world, how she shines in many different ways. Uh, no pun intended, because I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, we had a great time talking. We talked about COVID. We talked about the the polarities of life how can we return back to love and lead from love and how do we connect to see others as ourselves and so much more Um, to give you a little background about her really quick carly is the learning architect leadership development consultant author speaker and serves as adjunct faculty at stanford university and uc berkeley haas school of business teaching on the subject of leadership and business as a platform for positive change in the world for the last decade she has served hundreds of leaders and companies in fortune 100 Uh, And high growth startups such as LinkedIn, Genentech, Pixar, Cliff Bar, Intuit, Bank of the West, etc. to up level their leadership skills, cultivate their recipes for resilience and create thriving workplaces and mission driven businesses. Carly feels inspired to guide leaders with a new skill skill, set of tools to support the next paradigm of conscious leadership and business that is emerging in our changing world. In her upcoming book, Shine, Ignite Your Inner Game to Lead Consciously at Work and the World, Carly guides readers on a transformational inner to outer journey to inspire a new workplace and world that works for everyone and prioritizes people and the planet first. Carly's writing and work has been featured in Mindful Magazine, Conscious Company, Media 15, 5, and emerging women. Additionally, Carly is the host of Inspiring Shine podcast. She interviews leaders on the practice and tools they use to rise amidst adversity, lead with authenticity, love, and influence business to be a force of good in the world. This has a lot of good nuggets in this one. You'll feel the love and, and, and you'll feel the, the centeredness and the stillness from this as she shares her story and journey and so much more. I'm really, really excited to share with you guys. Not going to take any more of her thunder. Here is Carly Howick. Carly, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Vic. I look forward to having this conversation.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm excited to share some space, get to know a little bit about you, let the listeners get you to know a little bit more about you, and uh, you know, just, just seeing where this takes us. So thanks for making the time. I know life is in a little bit of a chaos right now, so uh, uh, I appreciate it even more. So. I always like to start with this question. The listeners know this very well. What is your, how did you get into what you're doing? What's the story? What's the background? How did it lead you or did you choose the path that you are on right now?
2: I I think I was definitely divinely guided. Um, So I, I'd say it actually kind of came from my spiritual practice, which started at a very young age. So when I was 17, I was not feeling very grounded in my life. There were a lot of circumstances outside of me um, in my, in my family dynamic that made things really difficult and hard. And I was trying to find my center in my body. And so I started a yoga practice and then that led me to getting really interested in Buddhism. And then I started a meditation practice when I was 19 and How that has brought me to the work that I do in the world is that when I'm working with leaders and companies and teaching at Stanford or, you know, with um, Haas School of Business, I really teach a lot about how we can create the really the conditions on the inside to show up to really create a world and a workplace that work for everyone. And that starts with stillness that starts with really getting to know ourselves and that that's how meditation really, you know, began for me. So I'll just, I'll start there and I could go into it more, of
0: course. No, I love that. And I know for me, it was one of the things too, where, uh, you know, meditation was massively huge and it helped me kind of center. Um, when it comes to that, when you look at the world, I mean, how much is, and I say Western civilization. I mean, not saying Eastern doesn't have their stuff too, but how much are we from a Western side not focusing on stillness or not connecting with ourselves?
2: Great question. Well, I feel like the pandemic has caused a lot of Westerners to, in some ways, be on a meditation retreat, which I've been doing for many, many, many years, and You know, we've had to stay inside. We've had to be okay with less. Many people have lost jobs. So financially, they can't be consuming the way that they were. And so that is actually requiring people to slow down. And in some cases, people are not actually being able, they're not able to slow down because many people are feeling like they're in survival mode. And so when we're in survival mode, our sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive and we're constantly like trying to plan how am I going to survive right so I think some people have been able to access that stillness and simplicity and other people have not and I think it's also depending on you know the conditions they have in their life and also what they're choosing right like we can choose certain things to keep us busy to keep us you know, grinding away to be reaching for more and more and more. But is that, is that really the abundance we're seeking? I I don't know.
0: I love that. And how did, you know, cause we, you talked about stillness too with your meditation. How did that, um, how did that influence your life? How did it, um, how critically important it is for you to meditate and to tap into that stillness? Oh, it's,
2: it's, uh, it's like, night and day. Uh, So as you know, I've been in this very big change in my life. I recently moved from California to North Carolina. I'm in this beautiful small mountain town of 8000 people, where I'm going to have a lot more opportunity to be still. It's called Black Mountain. And the you know, getting to this stage in the last six weeks has been a lot of effort. And even the drive over, but there were certain days that I didn't meditate because I was driving like 10 hours a day, but I did my yoga practice every day because that's just, that's like the first thing I do when I get up. Um, It's just, I've been doing it as I shared earlier, since I was 17. And so in some ways that's my mindful meditation, but it's not the same. And so when I can really sit and be I just, um, I feel more clear, I'm more tapped into my purpose, I'm more patient, I'm able to actually love everyone else around me better, I can be more forgiving, I can be more compassionate, I can provide more empathy, because I'm able to actually give that to myself. And that's really what I think of meditation as to some extent for myself, it's like really self care for me, it's, it's nourishing the well on the inside so that I have so much more that I can give out.
0: Now, when you say you're giving out, is, would you say that is like you're, when you're meditating of you the stillness, you fill up the well. I love all these, these words you're choosing. Is it um, you're able to give more of you? Would you say it's more of love? How would you phrase it? What, what is that part? How would, you, how would you put the word on that?
2: yeah. I mean, I think that when we're when we're not full on the inside, we don't have a lot to give on the outside. So for me, the way that I give to people is, um, you know, I give my presence, I give my inspiration, I give um, facilitation and coaching and support, and all of that actually feels like that's the way I'm loving people. That's that's the way I'm loving my clients. That's the way I'm loving companies. Uh, so yes, for me, it's it's like you know, feeding the love to myself and then giving it out in these bigger ways that I'm hoping will have ripple effects.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I asked that too, because I know for me, my, I've been meditating, I don't know, 14 years, 15 years. I was
2: going to ask you.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's been a, it's been a long practice. I've been consistent um, Every day now since July of 2017, I made a commitment back then where I was just like, okay, I know this works. I know I need this. I do it three to five times a week. I'm like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm just going to commit and go. And uh, I haven't looked back since. And it is something where even like, let's say I may have missed in the morning. So I like to do it in the mornings usually, or yep. usually at lunchtime to give me a break in my day mentally. Um, at night, I'd be like, man, what, 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 why am I off today? What's going on? And I'm like, that's right. I didn't meditate yet. All right, let me go. get Let me get even if it's just five minutes. I'm like, I'm just going to get my mind centered. I'm going to reset calm. Uh, and sometimes I'll meditate for 30 to 40 minutes. Like in today, I meditated for about 30 something minutes. And it's one of those things where, um, like you're saying, for me, it's like a light switch. And just I'm back on I'm connected. And I'm like, Alright, here we go. Ready to take on the day as the best version as I can show up.
2: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love those words. Yeah. Yeah, bringing your best self to the day. Yeah,
0: And the thing, too, is like you were saying, is like you're, you, it's filling up your cup, right? And you're, then you're able to give more. And I, and I would say from my perspective, it's more of like I'm able to give more of me, the real mm-hmm. essence of me, right? The, the non-physical form of me as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. um, through that process. So I think that's great. So I'm assuming you recommend meditation for everybody. I do. I do.
2: Yeah, I do. And, you know, everyone has to start where they are. And I think a lot of people during this period of time with the pandemic are recognizing they need it more than ever. So, you know, some people were like, ah, eh, meditation's meditation. I don't know. But, you know, now they're like, oh my gosh, I really need this. I can't function without this. There's just way too much going on. I can't find my center. I've definitely heard that from friends, from colleagues. Um, from clients, they're, they're a lot more motivated, especially, you know, because I do so much work with, with leaders and managers and companies, the managers right now, and the leaders have taken on so much during this pandemic for those that are, you know, still employed, they have this, uh, what what they're being asked to stretch than ever in the sense that they're really having to care for their team. Um, trying to keep everybody connected in this in this virtual environment, assuring them, you know, it's going to be okay, or these are the changes our organization is going through. But there's there's definitely a, a lot more emotional labor that has been required of leaders and managers, and they weren't necessarily trained for that. So to be able to give like that, they have to find ways that they're nourishing, you know, that that body temple, so to speak.
0: I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you on that. So many levels, and I, I, I see it being a chiro, being a chiropractor, but more specific, pediatric chiropractor. Um, I see this also with moms, right? And and it's one of those things where you know, it, it, you know, now you're not only a mom, but now you're a, a teacher and you're a, a counselor and you're X, Y, Z, and all these different things. And it's it's that the purpose of coming back and filling up the cup, as you're saying, and and, and helping them be that that centerness. I think it's it's so critical. Especially especially in this day and age. Would you say that, and I've asked this to many people I've been interviewing, and I would love to ask you this question just to get your opinion and your perspective, was is, is the COVID and the crisis that went on globally and what's going on in today's world, especially in America too, um, has that been a blessing in disguise in some way, shape or form? What's your perspective on it? How do you view it for the world?
2: Can I go into the deep end with you here, Ben? You
0: can go whenever you want. This is an open book here.
2: All right. So the book that I've been writing for the last three years, I started writing when Trump was elected because I really felt that we were headed off a cliff as a country, but also as a world in where our mind um, was set and just some of the actions that we kept proliferating around greed and more 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 and not creating a sustainable world where we're all going to be able to flourish and i really believe that gaia because i have a strong connection to mother earth and the divine i really believe that she is coming in and in a certain way and saying no more like you've taken enough you need to go to your room and and look and see and heal, and find ways to live, you know, with less, and really get clear on what matters, what really matters right now. And so, COVID is not going to be ending anytime soon because I don't actually think we've quite learned our lessons yet. Um, I mean, I, I one of my clients uh, is not going to actually be back in the office until July of 2021. At right now, there's many companies because we're still going to be going through this. So I actually think it's a huge gift if we can look at it from that lens. And I think it's a huge opportunity right now for all of us to do the inner work that we need to do. And this is where meditation is that bridge. It allows us that, that access to ascend essentially, you know, to, to clear out the places like the hurts, the betrayals, the, All the the stuff that has been having us look outside of ourselves for whatever we think we need on the outside, when actually what we really need is to cultivate more of this, I'm okay, I have enough. Um, This person is okay. But that comes from the inside. And so I see it as a huge gift. And are we taking it with that opportunity, you know?
0: And I think what you said right at the end was one of the most th- most important things is are we taking that opportunity to take it in as a gift right mm-hmm. because like for some people, the economy was shut down for where it depends where you live. I mean you were in california it's saying i'm I'm in Chicago, so very similar situations of shutdowns and lockdowns and all these things and and it's one of the things where I personally saw it from the moment it started. I was like, beautiful, this is going to be a great thing for people and I was like, you know people may die from this I was like there will be deaths. Unfortunately, that's going to happen. That's part of, I go think of it as like a new threat with an animal to the tribe. There's a war and we're going to have casualties. I'm like, I wish it wasn't like that. I don't create the rules, but I'm like, but we have to look at what is going to be good out of this also. And, uh, that's the to long me- view. yeah. Right. And, it, and it's like, I'm like, look at, and then to me, I've always said it's, it's the value reset. Like you were saying, you've been saying that the whole time, like, we got to look at what we're doing here, consumerism taking in, what do we need? What's really important? What's really matters? And, you know, if you, I thought it was beautiful when we had no sports, right? There goes distractions, concerts gone, you know, all these things, which I love, you know, I love listening to live music. I love to enjoy it. But for some, a lot of people, sometimes that's distractions. Well, I'm waiting until the I'm waiting to get through this week, so I have a counter this weekend, so I can enjoy it, right? But what about now? Enjoy the moment where you are. And uh, so I'm 100% with you on everything you said. I think it's it's one of those things. Um, but what is you know as it's teaching us the value reset? Um, how much? And I know we talked a little bit about this before we got on too. Like, how does this help us shift because from a state of you know understanding more of us. And I, I want to get into the, that. I'm using the word love here because because and, and, there's only two emotions in the world, right? There's fear and love and everything else is just a stem from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to me, I think it helped us or it is helping and only the ones who choose to follow that, right, to um, return back to love, to be able to remember, you know, what's really what matters most in life. Would you kind of say mm-hmm. this is kind of leading that way for us in that path?
2: I I think, again, if we if we choose that. And so that's I mean, it comes back to meditation is that when we can get quiet and still and we watch the thoughts coming and going, we have lots of them. We have about 72,000 a day is what research has found. And many of those thoughts, we're not conscious of what we're feeding. I like to use Buddhisms to, to talk about things. So what are we feeding the mind? What are we feeding the heart? What are we feeding this body? But when we think about, you know, it's all about choice. I mean, I think meditation and mindfulness gives us the opportunity to choose in every moment in every minute, how do I want to show up? What thought am I choosing to believe and what thought am I noticing as an untruth? So we can learn to love the fear And we can learn to love, or we can learn to actually have fear take over. And I mean, I really feel like that's actually where we're at. When I think about our country right now, you know, there's, there's, it's been so interesting. I've, you know, I've been driving across the country in the last week. I took a whole week. Um, I am going to go take a little tangent when I'm coming back to your question. So I'm, you know, I lived in the Bay area, liberal Bay area, probably as left as you can go for about 14 years. And I stopped in Sedona, which is a place that has a lot of of love for me. I have a very strong connection to Sedona. I went into Santa Fe, um, also, I mean, both of these are more liberal, I'd say mountain towns, and seeing a lot of Biden and Harris signs. And then I moved into Tulsa, Oklahoma, never been to Tulsa. I didn't actually see a lot of signs, but you know, it was it was interesting. People were kind. People were going howdy, you know, greeting me with all this southern hospitality. And then I found my way to Nashville. Nashville kind of blew me away, actually. Nashville's awesome. Go Nashville! Um, there were yeah, just a lot of kindness. And I'm just going to own I'm voting for Biden and Harris. So if that wasn't already obvious, but there were there were signs everywhere for biden and harris and it was also interesting there were streets where i was noticing like there's a biden harris on one side there's a trump and pence on the other same with neighbors you know and, and so there's this way that we're all choosing you know something that might be different but how do we still choose to get along and bridge differences, and be neighborly, and take care of one another, and recognize that this person is just like me, in so many ways. You know, they, they want shelter, they want love and acceptance, they, they want clean water, and clean air, and clean soil so that they can thrive. They want their family members to be safe. They want to have some way that they're able to you know, have their purpose actualized in the world and get compensated for it. I mean, there's so many things as human beings that we share that are the same. And I'd really love if we could keep that in the bigger picture. And even with, you know, the George Floyd and the brutality of Black men and women, how that has come more into... the the spotlight in our country, which I feel grateful for. And we've actually had the time now because we've been shelter in place or, you know, quarantine. Some people call it. I like shelter in place uh, to actually pay attention to that and recognize, wow, how was I not paying attention to the systemic oppression that was the foundation of our country? How is that not taught in the schools? How do we change that? That's leading from love.
0: No, I I agree. I mean, it's one of the things that, you know, um, you going on that journey, and you know, the thing is, I look at it from we can have our differences, but how do we find similarities? Because in society today, we are so polarized in so many ways. Um, And it's not just from political. I'm being a chiropractor. You could put me next to a medical doctor. And most medical doctors are not going to like a chiropractor. Or you could put me next to a surgeon not going to go smooth for the most part. And I've interviewed a couple of surgeons on my podcast. And then I'm more like, I'm accepting you for you. You are me and we're brothers and sisters. That's how I view everything. And, and I take always think from the spiritual side first. And I always, some people are like, you know, you are human. And I'm like, I know I'm human, but I'm always trying to see the bigger picture as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am limited. So I'm trying to always do as much, but it's one of the things where um, you know I, I'll look and say, well, how can I learn more about you and learn more about you know, cause like even with the surgeon, I, I I have no issues against surgeons. I'm I'm grateful for the te- the technology and the skill that they have. You know, I had to get a, a tooth extracted and I looked at the surgeon. I know a lot about health and I'm sitting there going, I, I'm trusting you in this process. He goes, I got this. I do so many a day. I'm like, I know, but I'm just, just walk me through it and I'm good. And he was phenomenal what he did. I, you know, and I got an implant put in and that's the only surgery I've ever had done in my life. But it's one of the things where I'm like, Okay cool. I'm so grateful for that because I could get there's so many things that led afterwards. Um you know and and it's 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 where we are in today's society it's just so polarized in so many ways and I think that's where even with covid and, and and just taking time I think the more you connect with yourself the less polarization there is. The more that it's okay that you may have a different opinion or a different view or you may choose a different political party or you may choose uh, whatever it may be, you may be on the opposite. end. I like, you know, I like to Chicago in Chicago, I'm more of a Cub fan than I am a Sox fan. I do choose for both teams, but when they go against each other, I'm favoring the Cubs just a little bit more. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's this huge polarization in Chicago. But if, well, if you're a white Sox fan, there is no other cup team. Well, if you're a Cub fan, there is no, and it's like, and then they hate each other just in politics. Mm-hmm. Right there are more people who hate each other where I'm like, there are so many things we can, if we can get past that, you have your own views, you have your own opinions, but how can we, you know, if we return back to love, we accept all.
2: You agree agree to that? Yeah, definitely. And and I love that you brought up, you know, all the polarities that we have in our world. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on the election because as we're recording this and I'm aware that when this comes out, you know, the election will have passed, but not really. Like there's still going to be some stuff going on, I imagine, in the ether. But I'm, that feels very present in our world right now, being that it's like two weeks away, the election. So, but yes, there's so many different polarities and yeah, coming back into seeing the long view and, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of healing, I think, that needs to happen in our world. And a lot of that starts here. Like we have to, we have to actually really give a lot of love and attention to the parts of ourselves that have been wounded, that have been hurt. And when we can start to really care for that with compassion, um, with kindness, with understanding, and it's it's not easy work, you know, it's going to bring up a lot of discomfort, but when we can bring that to ourselves, then people can't hurt you so much anymore, you know, and, and you're able to actually see when someone is lashing out, or there's betrayal, or they're reactive, that has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with you. And you can just have more compassion and forgiveness. There's boundaries that need to be put in place, depending on what they're doing. Um, there's you know speaking up silence is complicity we don't want that because otherwise the hurt and harm continues but going back to your question if we take this opportunity with the pandemic as the gift that it's actually being um, offered to us in this time we can do the deeper inquiry and the healing like and even just in my drive all the way out here was I've been doing silent meditation retreats for years, and it was a different kind of retreat, but I was really reflecting deeply on my life in the last 14 years in California and the places that I made mistakes and the places where I kept choosing the steep path and not the easy path and where that got me and the gifts of that time, but also really getting clear on what I don't wanna continue, the patterns I really wanna let go As I move into this new chapter of my life and
0: this new home. I love that. That's that's awesome. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking of this uh, quote and I just wanted to look and see who actually it comes from. It's an African proverb. When there, when there is no enemy within the enemy outside can do you no harm. Right. Mm. And, Mm. You know, it's one of the things I love that quote. I think about it in so many different ways. I, I, I've taken it, and changed it around, and making my own quote a little bit. Um, but it's it's when you you know you're looking from within and, and always channeling within. And I, I always tell people that you know the 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 perspective of how you see outside yourself, what you see, is actually more of a mirror effect of what's within. Um, and I've had many conversations with people about like um, I interviewed somebody and we were talking about. Uh, the purpose of suffering, why suffering even exists. And and why do people get triggered was the question. And um, one of the things that we, we shared that relates to everything we're talking about here is mm-hmm. how um, when we have people react a certain way and they get really emotionally charged, I would say that's an opportunity to learn because there's something inside you're resisting that you're mm-hmm. trying to stuff down that is poking at a wound that you have within. And what mm-hmm. happens when you have a wound within that you poke? It hurts. It's going to get
2: inflamed. It starts talking. (laughs) Ouch.
0: (laughs) And so it's one of those things where, you know, the other thing is, is you're sharing, and I know meditation plays a huge role in this. And so if it is meditation, um, so be it. Um, But I'm going to ask this question really quick. How can individuals start to see the journey of seeing others as themselves? Mm,
2: It's a great question. Mm. you know i at this point because i've been practicing for so long and i've i've worked with thousands of people in my career uh, i've i've just i've heard so many similarities of stories and when we walk into a room not that we're walking into a lot of rooms that we're getting to interact <laughs> except zoom rooms right now but what i do know and maybe this is a lens that you can you know view every person is going through their own struggles. Like on the outside, like let's say they're, they're driving a Lexus or they've got that big house or they're the CEO of this company. doesn't matter. They're struggling. They're struggling in some way. That is the human condition. We all have parts of our life that are hard and difficult. You have no idea if like their child has a developmental disorder or their best friends dying of cancer or they're going through a divorce. We never know what's happening for the other unless we ask. And that requires presence and attention and care, just like we're going through our own stuff. And guess what? All of us are going through even more stuff than we've ever gone through right now because our world has been flipped upside down. Thank you, Gaia. <laughs> and it's requiring us, again, if we choose to come together. I'm going to share this really cute little story, um, if, if you don't mind. So I just arrived to my you know, my new home, and I worked all day yesterday, and it's interesting that you brought up uh, the triggers because I just finished a virtual training that I've been developing for the last year with um, Cliff Barr, who's my client, and we were actually doing – a segment that I taught online on how do we navigate triggers, because it's a big part of the work that I put out into the world. And I have lots of exercises in my book around it, because if we're not navigating those triggers skillfully, we're not going to be able to come together, we're not going to be able to lead, we're not going to be able to make change. Um, and I, I got invited as soon as I arrived to this little socially distanced neighborhood party. And I Wanted to go, but I needed to move my body because I'd been on Zoom most of the day. So I said, "I'm going to go for a walk," Uh, and she said, "Do you want to take my dog?" I was like, "Do I want to take your dog for a walk?" We just met, (laughs) and the dog's like looking at me and it's like, "Oh yeah, I want to come. I want to come." So anyway, I take I take this dog for a walk, but that was just so kind. That was so um, neighborly, you know, and. I just, I hope that we can do gestures like that more and more and more as we're not going to the sports arena. We're not going to these big festivals. We've got our neighbors around us. We've, we've got lots of people to connect with and interact with and get to know. So that might be something I would, I would
0: bring in. No, I, I love that. I think that's, um, that is, that is crit- and critical. And you made a point about the whole struggle that we all have them. You know, uh, in my first book I wrote, I talked about, you know, belief systems. And, and one of the things I was sharing was my personal story on limited belief systems when it comes to money. That's what was the thing I grew up in. Right. And so in my head in the back of my head, I always thought because I saw it and I was conditioned and programmed that way, um, that people had money and didn't have money problems. Once you get to a point, no problems whatsoever. Life is just grand. And I I saw it because I heard my parents, the culture I grew up in, the society I grew up in, that's what it was. Oh, when you have money, you don't have to worry. Look, they got the nice car, they got the nice house. Everything's grand and damn, you know, just beautiful. And it came a point when I started to challenge these limited belief systems. I started saying, no, you know, let me me get to a certain point. And then when I got there financially, all of a sudden I was like, "Uh, my money problems haven't gone away. Like there's different, not that I don't have money problems, it's just the mm. the struggles or the, there's different things that came up like at different levels. And I was like, interesting, I'm here, I'm living a lot more comfortable, but I still have, I'm still worrying about money in different ways and there's things still going on. So then it may intrigue me to start studying billionaires and millionaires because I was like, well, what do these guys do? Billionaires, they got Endless money for the greatest, 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 greatest greatest grandchildren won't even have to worry about. Even if you had a 1% interest rate on that, they're taken care of forever. And so I was like, and then as I started learning like Warren Buffett and uh, like Bill Gates and, and those individuals, Jeff Bezos, they still had money issues too in, a, in different ways. And that's where it was like, it all clicked. You're always going to have it. There was always something there no matter what. We all have it in our battles. And I think when you bring that up, that's why I think it's so powerful what you said, is from how I'm seeing it, how I'm taking it in is that this is also the way of helping us come back to being human, Mm -hmm. knowing that we all have our own struggles. Mm -hmm. Because when you go on fake book, I call it fake book, just because a lot of times you're not hearing people talk about what they have going on in their life, right? So unless it's good stuff. Um, unless they're arguing, because that's a lot of times what's going on now. Um, but when you go on Facebook or you got Instagram, those types of things, the people are just showing the, the, the highlights of their life and they're not really showing the other side. And if you think what people share on Facebook, like teenagers, I get concerned about because they only see the highlights of life and then they think, well, my life's not like that. And I know if when I was a teenager, if I had Facebook and Instagram, I'd probably be more depressed and have more issues than I was because uh, not seeing it so much in my face all the time. Well, and that, there's, no,
2: a- there's no safety in those platforms either. So there's no real intimacy that can be had. So if you do post something real, people might comment and be nasty about it. So,
0: yeah. It's so true. And, and so I think that that is a great segue to um, have people start that process to be able to see the other side. hmm
2: Mm -hmm. And Vic, I also just wanted to share, like, I really appreciate you sharing about, you know, your mindset around money and this journey that you were on to really, I mean, it sounds like to really understand, like, what is enough for you. And that's, I think, one of the things I was reflecting in my, in my walk this morning, you know, I, I'm in a house where I have no furniture right now, I'm sleeping on a mattress, I have just a few things. But I feel so full. I feel so full from like walking my neighbor's dog to the abundance of water and fresh air that is here in comparison to California, where it's very dry. It's been very smoky. Um, You know, just even this conversation is so nourishing. I'm just noticing and I'm, I'm, I'm asking this and inviting people like in the time between now and the end of the year, like really getting clear on what, helps you to feel nourished? What helps you to feel full? And how can you let go of the things that don't? You know, whether it's like that thought, or that I need to have this. And once this podcast is released, we're also going into the holidays, right? Where there can be so much pressure for massive consumption. And we might actually orient more towards that depending on what's happening in our world. Because we're trying to stuff maybe the uncomfortable feelings and the discomfort. So The invitation again is like, what is really important to me? What really makes me feel full and nourished? And so actually you've been asking me so many great questions. What makes you feel that way, Vic?
0: Feel nourished and fulfilled. Yeah,
2: feel feel nourished and full.
0: For me, um, it comes back to the grand vision of my life and the work I do. And when I work with clients and I do classes and online coaching, I always hammer vision. My coaching clients are always like when they give me a new idea they want to do. I'm like, they're like, I already know. I already know. You're going to say, what's my vision and everything and how it aligns. I'm like, exactly. For me, as long as I can always help serve others in one way or another, it's outside, you know, taking care of me first. But the bigger thing is. Helping an individual, if I know deep down that I helped be an influence of someone's life, that is more than anything in the world that I can ever have. Um, You know, it's, it's the, you know, I can have all the money in the world, but if I'm not doing that means nothing to me. And that's what Mm -hmm. helps me keep fulfilled. That's what keeps my cup full all the time. So every time when I get up in the morning, I'm always like, okay, today, you know, God, you know, Allah, whatever you want to call it. I'm always like, you know, let me be an influence to help someone today. Let whatever I do today be an influence to help. But at the same token, help fill my cup up too. But me filling up my cup is the stuff I do prior before my day starts. But it's really that that gives me the nourishment, fulfillment, connection, connection with people. um, That's the biggest thing for me.
2: Wonderful. Yeah. Being in service and, and supporting the greatest good is what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: I resonate with that wholeheartedly. Yeah.
0: My wife always says, she's like, you don't stop and this and that. You're always working on things. You're always trying to, you know, better yourself. And it's like, because I need to be the best version I can in this life as much as I can. I don't want to, I don't need to be the richest or the greatest or the most popular. I don't care about being number one. I used to, if you asked me 10, 15 years ago, uh, that was very important to me, getting the wars and the accolades. And then, uh, but in my life now, it's like, those mean nothing. Like I've gotten, I have a long laundry list of awards. I don't even accept awards anymore uh, because I'm like they don't mean nothing. The gift is doing the work, and uh, it was that. It's not me just coming out with this revelation. I didn't meditate on it. And I always tell. I share the story often where I'm like Jerry Seinfeld, the most uh, paid comedian. He's the richest comedian in the world. When they asked him why have you never accepted an award? And all of the awards you've been asked, you've been invited to, you've been nominated, Mm -hmm. and you've won, you don't accept them, why is that? And his response blew me away, and it was a couple of years ago I heard this, where I was like, never again will I accept an award. Um, And he said, the the award is doing what I do every day. As successful as he is, he still writes jokes every single day, he doesn't stop. This guy's on the top of the top, he's- He
2: loves it, yeah. He loves it.
0: It's his love it's his love. And that fills that fills his cup up. Right. And so when I heard that, I was like, that's, that's it. That's, that's me. That's, that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And so, um, I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent or not, but that was the kind of thing where I was like, that's what it really matters is what's the work you do that fulfills you and gives you life and purpose. Um, that's going to leave the world. When you leave physically, you're still here. Um, in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's how you truly cheat death uh, because you can leave when your time comes, but the work you did and the mark you left on this world, it's everlasting.
2: Totally, So answer.
0: (laughs) I try. Um, As we're winding up here, I know you got a book coming out next year, correct? I do. We want to talk quickly about that. I love the name Shine. Uh, I love that. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about it really quick?
2: Sure. Yeah. So it's been the hardest thing I have ever done. It's a true birthing. And I wrote it for three years. And it's called Shine, Ignite Your Inner Game to Lead Consciously at Work and in the World. And it's really on how do we cultivate Consciousness from the inside so that it shines on the outside and we really do create a workplace and world that works for everyone. I mean, I think what's so incredible about this time right now is that if we come together, which we have the capacity and potential to do, we could create a world that is like so much better than we could ever imagine. Like we could do that. We could do that right now. And so, you know, I'm hoping that my book inspires that anyone can be a leader. It's not about titles and really showcasing them how they cultivate these qualities on the inside, like self-awareness, love, well-being, authenticity, resilience, so that we um, aren't othering people and that we are creating something that is really going to be in service of the greatest good. And business has the greatest opportunity to do that based on the influence and the power and the financial systems that support it. So that is um, the essence of my book. And there it will be out February 23rd, 2021. And I just feel so excited about sharing it with everyone.
0: Awesome. It sounds like an amazing book. I'll definitely have to check it out when it comes out. Thank you. So, how can people follow you, see what you're up to, you know, keep track on the book when it gets released, all that good stuff? Where can they find you at?
2: So, my my the best way is probably signing up for my newsletter and I send it out twice a month, so it's less is more, and that's leadfromlight.com and when you sign up for the newsletter, you're also going to get a free workbook that actually showcases how to be a conscious leader and you'll also be subscribed to my podcast shine which uh, was born based on the interviews that I was doing with leaders and academics and spiritual teachers for the research of my book and it's um it's really fun podcasts are fun aren't they (laughs) (laughs)
0: i love that so this will all be for the listeners listening this will be in the show notes so you guys will have access to all that um carly i want to say it was it was great to have you on um Appreciate the work you're doing. You're really shining, no pun intended, um, uh, on what you do and who you are and leaving a mark on this world. And I just appreciate you taking the time and space, especially with the huge move from one coast almost to the other coast. By the way, I love that area. It's right near Asheville, right? Yes. I'm
2: yes. A big,
0: I'm a big fan of Knoxville. So my wife and I go at least once or twice a year down there and just to hang out oh, in the mountains and hike great. and get connected with nature. And Asheville's a cool town too, which you probably already know. If it not, is. It's, uh, it, it it's is. unique in many ways.
2: It is well. Now that we're connected, the next time you come to Knoxville, you know, let me know. We could we could meet up. Definitely
0: for sure. Definitely, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely for sure. But you know, keep doing that great work. And like I said, I appreciate all that you're doing. And but more importantly, taking the time, especially during the chaos of a huge transition in your life.
2: Oh, this this felt you know really nourishing. And I'm also really excited about the work that you're doing and how you're showing up. So lovely to meet you and hear more of your story. Thanks so much, Vic.
0: Thank you. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential.